Welcome to the IBTA podcast. Discussions on policy, practice and research around professional learning. IBTA conversations. Hello, good morning, colleagues, and welcome to the IBTA podcast. My name is Lazana Oberalter. I'm one of the co-chairs for the conference, and I am delighted to welcome one of our keynote speakers, Professor Raj Mestri is with us, and he is all the way from Johannesburg in South Africa, and I'm going to hand over to him to introduce himself um, to yourselves, and then I'm also going to invite him to talk a little bit more about his research. Good day, everyone. I am employed at the University of Johannesburg, and my position is Emeritus Professor. I am looking forward to presenting the keynote address on professional development at the conference. I specialize in financial management and human resource management, but also emphasis in uh, leadership and management. So I am from the Department of Education, Leadership and Management at the University of Johannesburg. And I've conducted research on how principals should be empowered to lead and manage schools in the 21st century. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. And um, the, the next thing I want is to just talk a little bit more about is your research and what the main learnings were from your research in relation to then professional development of these senior leaders in schools as well. Okay, thank you. So uh, globally, education systems have been affected by radical social, political and economic changes. In fact, the latest COVID-19 pandemic has compelled governments and people throughout the world to thread carefully and to review many policies and practices in all sectors. Just like the medical fraternity, the education authorities are undoubtedly at the forefront of confronting this pandemic. And I'm of the opinion that principals of schools play a very, very crucial role in ensuring that our students perform well and that our education standards are maintained. So basically, if I'm looking at school leadership, I, and, and more specifically about continuing professional development, then I think it's important to understand why principals should be provided with professional development. However, I want to mention just briefly the South African context so that we understand that this could be also uh, prevalent in many of the developing countries. The promotion requirements to become principal is not stringent enough here in South Africa. In fact, if you have just got teaching a teaching experience of seven years and you've just got a teacher's diploma, you could apply for a position as principal of a school, whether it be, whether it be at primary school or secondary school. So there's no stringent criteria in terms of appointing someone to a principalship. The second problem that we have also is that there are no structured professional development for pro, uh, sort of development programs for principals when they are appointed. And so principals come into schools 
without really knowing what their responsibilities are and how they must conduct themselves in leading and managing schools. So as Day and Sachs, as well as Hirsch, describe continuing professional development, I, I would want to concur with them that it's about activities that principals would engage during the course of their career. And it's supposed to be enhancing their leadership and management of the school. They argue further that this may be a deceptively simple description of a hugely complex intellectual and emotional endeavor. And this is the, at the heart of raising standards of teaching, learning and achievement in a range of schools. So I then want to say that education, leadership and management is a process where the development of principles and the achievement of the organizational schools of the schools are synchronized. So I believe that leaders play a very, very important role in ensuring that the school goals are achieved. So having said that, this paper embraces the main theme of this conference by acknowledging that a principal should develop a professional identity and have the ability to respond to the many challenges and changes facing school education. So I've taken aspects of the theme, identity, and very, very craft, craft, uh, crafted, sorry, in terms of responding to the ability of principals to respond. Because one of the, uh, the sub-themes of this is a response ability. And so I said, principals should have the ability to respond to the many changes and uh, challenges facing school education. That's really interesting, Raj. Um, if, if you don't mind me um, interjecting, I also think that um, I was listening to you and I was sort of thinking that um, you're also touching on the, the sort of requirement to move beyond the current standard, isn't it? And it's about um, like the small consistent CPD um, opportunities to, to then extend and develop principles um, in their own professional development to, to, to really be able to cope with crisis and to be able to cope with things that go beyond their remit as well from time to time. Sorry, you want me to respond to that? Um, if you if you would like to, um, I just thought I'll add to that. Yeah, no, 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 that would be good. Um, that, you know, what it sounds like is, is that the CPD suggestion is, is also enabling people to function beyond the current standard within oh, South yes, Africa absolutely. and also internationally to develop and extend their knowledge. Absolutely, further. absolutely. Uh, perhaps I should just um, uh, broaden this discussion a, a little bit here as well. That and I, I emphasize this more than once that we are living in two worlds. In our in our country, we are living in two worlds. We have the affluent, and we have the millions who are poor. And our school system has been designed to cater for the for for all populations. But however, the diversity 
is not really considered in this. I also want to mention, and I, and I, I don't want to belabor this thing, but the apartheid regime did cause serious uh, damage to the education system of our country. So that we've got many principals of schools, many teachers who are not adequately prepared for their roles. And this makes the, the uh, educational authorities' responsibility even greater to ensure that equity is achieved and so that learners in, 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 in township schools, learners in, in rural areas can then compete with learners or, or students in uh, affluent areas. And this is something that's not going to happen immediately, not in the next five or ten years. So we, 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 we have those kinds of problems. So even though the government has um, increased the budget for the poorest schools and have uh, reduced the budget for the affluent schools, for some reason, and I know some of these reasons, but just uh, I don't want to belabor that, but for some reason, the progress of schools in the township and in the uh, rural areas are still not uh, doing, they're not doing well, and they cannot compete with the affluent schools. The affluent schools, they have the means, they have the resources, and they have people who are, 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 are contributing funds to the school. And I must tell you now that when I'm talking about affluent schools, I'm no more saying those are white schools. I'm saying affluent schools because we also have a middle class and, and, and an upper class of black population who send their children to these affluent schools. So this is the kind of situation. But let me then move on with the, 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 uh, the theme of this uh, paper of mine in terms of the research that has been conducted. So what I did was I, I looked at about 15 principles and wanted to know what were their perceptions what are their experiences in leading and managing schools? And what I did find is that the school, the principals of schools are not adequately prepared. And when I say not adequately prepared means they don't have the, the knowledge, they don't have the skills. And essentially, I refer to them as compliant managers, not so much leaders, but compliant managers, because what they have to do to be at least to achieve some goals of the school is to ensure that all policies are implemented. So all they do is they comply to rules, regulations and policies of schools. So how do we then begin to change that uh, situation? and make the principles more uh, visionary, make them more assertive in, in, in leading and managing schools. How do we, how do we uh, provide them with this professional development that I'm talking about? Now, the educational authorities started off with one idea. They had what was called the Advanced Certificate of Education. It was a course that higher education institutions would provide uh, and train principals or aspiring principals of schools uh, 
and take them through the processes of different aspects around leadership and management of schools. And there was a measure of success in this. And now they have stopped the advanced certificate of education and introduced the advanced diploma in education. In fact, they raised the standard a little bit higher now because they could see that principals can benefit. Now, there was a small problem with this. The Department of Education wanted to make that qualification a prerequisite for anyone wanting to be a school principal. Unfortunately, this did not materialize because we've got a very militant union. And this militant union derailed the whole process and ensured that there was no way that this would become a, a, a prerequisite for taking on a principal's position. So that's the first aspect. The second aspect that I want to then raise also is something called standards for principalship. Initially, the unions had a problem with that as well. However, uh, just about uh, a year ago, the standards for principalship has now been uh, legislated and principals of schools have to adhere to that document. And that document clearly indicates what is expected of principals. However, while they give you the requirements of what a good principal is, they are in no way explaining how this can be achieved. And this is where I argue that professional development is necessary. That's really interesting. Sorry to interrupt there. I think that there's some synergies here with what we have in the UK as well. We have something called the head teacher standards that head teachers need to adhere to. Um, but the difference, I guess, is, is that we have also got something called the MPQs, which is the National Professional Qualifications for Leadership. Um, but there's also some criticisms on those aspects in terms of sometimes um, how, how it needs to continue to develop uh, critical thinking um, and, and again, the, the full range of, of what a head teacher needs and, and requires to lead effectively. So I think um, it's really interesting to listen to you. And I thought it might be useful also just for listeners to contextualize that um, in South Africa, you have a department for education um, and a lot of the policies for schools are centralized. Am I right in thinking that um, opposed to in the UK where schools do have the policies, but they can then interpret that in relation to how it would work for their schools. It's, is that how... That was well uh, encapsulated here in your, in your discussion because mm -hmm. this is the serious problem that we have in, 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 in our schools, that the principals, uh, are, 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 they, they, they don't have that background to interpret policies as well. So you'll find... The department calls it a professional development program, but that program is only to explain how what the policies uh, mean. And that's all there is in the professional development that is provided by the Department of Education. So in other words, this is what I, 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 I raise in the paper so that in, in, my, in my research is that how can we make the principles, how can we empower these principles take on their, uh, their role. And one of the things that I then uh, look at is, do the principals have the ability 
to self-reflect, to self-evaluate. And this is not easy as well. And, and, and it can become problematic because I, I, I want to tell you, and, and this is a, a normal human tendency. You ask any principal of a school, the, the school could be dysfunctional to a point where there's no order at all in the school. And you ask the principal, how is your school doing? Their, their response will be, we are doing very, very well. So they all believe, they, they, they internalize that they are all doing well at their schools. So there is no, no one that would want to acknowledge, I'm not saying, I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm generalizing, they ask, there would be uh, some that would be saying, we have problems in our school, we need to begin to resolve these problems. I need professional development. We, 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 we haven't reached that professional maturity stage where principals can say, you know, I know these are my limit. Uh, these are my limitations, and I require professional development. So this is the the, the 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 problems that we experience, and not necessarily a South African issue, because we've seen this also in 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 countries in Africa where they're having similar kinds of uh, uh, problems that South Africa experiences as well. And also in my. Um, uh, deliberations with, with international uh, princi principles of, from international countries, we find that they too experience similar problems. So what I then argue is about self-evaluation, about self-reflection. If principles can begin to, to reflect in, on their own practice, if they can begin to uh, or they can learn to benchmark their performance of their own school against the performance of other schools, then that would help in, in, in help in evaluating their own school's performance. So this is then a, a critical issue that we look at as well. So I, I feel that the issue around professional development for principals or empowering principals is something that uh, needs a lot of uh, research on. In fact, I've just touched the uh, tip of the iceberg. I think that there's still got to be a number of aspects that, are gonna, that have to be researched. For example, the issue around behavior, the behavior of principals, the attitudes of principals. And those are the kinds of things that need consideration. In fact, I, I, I once did write on something called the iceberg model. And in the iceberg model, what, what happens below the sea is what you can't see. And what is above the, the, the sea level, that is what you can see. And that is, in terms of education, wherever there are limitations or shortcomings or needs, that can be uh, be, be uh, the uh, teachers or principals can be given professional development because we can see that, for example, they, they lack in questioning techniques, for example. But below the sea, sea level, in other words, the iceberg below, there are things that we cannot see. For example, the issue around attitudes, behaviors, values, and this to, 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 to provide professional development for these kinds of things is 
is not easy. So this is where the problem comes in. We believe that uh, principles have to internalize. They, they, they've got to be self-motivated. There must be intrinsic motivation so that they must be able to see their own shortcomings so that they can then say, this is the problem I'm having and I would want professional development around this. So, Lizana, this is what I raised, uh, but I, I got a few other things, but I'm just going to wait. Are there any things you want to ask me before I proceed? Thank you for, for asking. I, you, the, the sort of uh, reflections on the iceberg reminds me of Kortusberg. Our iceberg is melting. Um, and I think that you, you've summed it up really nicely, the fact that there's so, so many things underneath the surface that we also need to unpack and, and look at. And um, I think what you're really sort of highlighting here is, is the importance of individual change, um, looking at your own individual practice, reflecting on that, um, and, and then through your own reflective journey then also to take it then into um, organisational change. Um, and, and it sort of reminds of Cameron and Green's work regarding understanding change management as well, which I think is really fascinating and how, how you align those things, those thoughts and those ideas in, in relation to identity, the importance of re reflection. And um, I think one of the key things that I've, I've heard as well that you've highlighted very nicely is, is the importance of then giving yourself agency as a leader to, to then think more uh, critically about your own practice and, and bring that criticality into your um, role and, and enabling your organisation to be more critical and more reflective as well. And I think that uh, sort of aligns nicely with, with some of the things we are looking at in leadership in, in the UK as well. Um, in particular, with, with, um, we, uh, we're looking at teachers and, and teachers um, uh, allowing themselves agency with teacher leadership to also lead on um, making difference and making ch uh, changes as they need to move forward and, and developing that reflective skill from the outset. So for me, um, it, it sounds like a very exciting piece of research and I can see many synergies um, with work that we are doing in the, in the UK and I'm sure it aligns with a lot of work that happens in the US as well. Um, just thinking about the, the conferences you and I have attended together as well um, in regards to leadership and advocacy leadership as well. And one of the questions I was going to ask you is, is um, you know, uh, how do you feel um, the, the research you are sort of looking into ties in with the conference themes, which you picked up very nicely. Um, but I thought um, just to move on to our third question in terms of what were your main insights regarding your research? Um, what are the sort of key things that you could Okay, so yeah, on? thank you very much for that. I, I like the way you've uh, summarized it as well um, in terms of part of my discussion. So I, I believe that this research has significance for policymakers globally, not necessarily a South African, although by the paper is a South African context, but there are a few key issues that can be learned from this. One is that the education authorities have to set the bar high. In other words, they have to have stringent criteria to appoint principals of schools. They have to have a, a, a compulsory con uh, continuing professional development for principals. And I believe that it must be built into the appointment of uh, school principals 
of school leaders as such. So in other words, part of their signing the contract as principal uh, and, and as part of their tenure is that they must be subjected to uh, a mandatory continuing professional development. So that must be a given. In other words, it's not something that uh, you, you got, uh, the principals must still think about it. So they've got to be. Now, I know that principals of schools will depend on, on education authorities to provide the professional development. And I believe that that is not the way to go. There are other ways in which you could improve yourself. And that is one that in the school's budget, they allow for professional development and allocation should be made to appoint people from external agencies, such as the universities or such as or any institution of higher learning or any expert in the field in, in leadership or in management that can be uh, brought in to assist or to, to give some kind of professional development for the principal. So that's the one uh, that uh, issue that I raise here, that principals must not look at uh, uh, the education authorities for uh, for professional development, but they themselves must make attempts to be uh, developed professionally. That's the one thing. The second thing, uh, I, I know it's a, it's a buzzword and sometimes it becomes uh, just a matter of uh, formality, but I believe that professional learning communities is a way to go. In fact, when we did the research uh, and one of uh, our, our colleagues, uh, Professor Tony Bush, who did an evaluation of the advanced certificate of education in South Africa, he found that uh, key principals of schools or all the participants who were doing the advanced certificate in education, they expressed the importance of learning from their colleagues. They said somehow they didn't benefit as much when there were formal lectures delivered to them, but when they met in, 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 in professional communities, in organized or structured communities, they learned so much from their colleagues. And I believe that is one of the things uh, that uh, should be considered. Together with that, you also have uh, mentorship. So you, principals could uh, consider having a mentor to help them as well. So that is the one issue here. Also, I think it's important if there are no uh, school inspections, then I think that principals can take a, can, can, can conduct a survey amongst the teachers, amongst parents, uh, and amongst even learners, if need be, on how, what are the strengths of the school, what are some of the shortcomings, what are some of the limitations, because it doesn't have to be about a person, but about the school, about the effectiveness of uh, leading and managing a school can be, uh, can be ascertained from those kinds of surveys. So that will give the principal an idea of what are some of the limitations that need to be worked on. So that is the other thing. Uh, I also of the opinion, in fact, we're now working on this in South Africa to have, again, we, I know that we're gonna have problems again with the unions, but to make the advanced diploma in education a prerequisite. 
to become a principal or if you are aspiring for a principal that you go through this course. And I think that's going to be very, very important. So I'm hoping, uh, and this is something that I think will come out of the conference uh, paper that I present uh, to see that as a way forward as well. So in terms of, before I give you a chance, I just want to just add this one thing here. So that what we are, what we're saying is that for principles to cope with the demands of the 21st century, we require innovative leadership development programs to prepare them to become creative in their approach uh, in leading and managing schools. Sorry, Lazana, I was just... Uh... No problem, um, completely understand. Um, some fabulous, fabulous insights. Um, I have a question actually, um, as you were sort of talking us through it, um, I was also wondering, do you think that, uh, and I completely agree on, on many of the points in, in, and in particular the mentoring and coaching aspect, um, I was wondering, um, if you think that the compliance reliance and, and the fact that people tend to be more compliance driven might also be linked to the stages at which they are at in terms of their experience as a leader in a school, or do you think that um, it, it seems to be that it's more consistently compliancy orientated in terms of how colleagues lead in South Africa? Um, I'm just curious to know because um, some of the research we are looking at in the UK seems to suggest when someone's new to a role, they, they tend to try to be more compliant, whereas if they become more and more experienced, they seem to be a bit more comfortable in their own skin to give themselves a bit more agency. And I was wondering if, if that's also something you've picked up on and maybe then the, the, the sort of collegiate learning and collaborative learning communities, whether those more experienced colleagues could then share their, their experience in that way or to, to, to enable others to do. Um, yeah, I think there's a slight difference in, in, in the way it's in the UK, mm -hmm. that here, even the most experienced principal has to be compliant. In other words, there is no, there are no, there, there's no autonomy given to principals. This is the serious problem that we have, that and uh, we also have an additional problem, which I haven't raised at all, that your, your, your school boards are represented by parents. They are in the majority. And some of them don't have the knowledge or, or, or any idea of how schools are, are, are managed. And so they now have become the uh, governors of the school. And so what they do now is also put in their set of rules for the principals to uh, to conduct themselves within. So this becomes a, a, an added problem. And I must tell you the what makes the principals more uh, in terms of why there's no autonomy for principals is that there is a, a section in the South African Schools Act that makes principals accountable for every uh, aspect of the school. So even though the, the governing boards are responsible for the financial management of the school, you would find that the department strategically places the principal um, accountable for the school's finances. So the principal, in other words, has to be compliant. There is no way there's, he could use or she could use any discretionary powers in decision making. Everything is uh, in policy uh, or in legislation and 
it has to be applied accordingly. And this is what I, 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 I'm calling for as well, in that if they are professionally developed and they begin to see and have a, a more in-depth view of certain cert, uh, circumstances, certain situations, they would then be able to use their discretion and make uh, decisions accordingly. So that's basically the kind of situation that I see. So there's a slight, there's a slight difference. Um, I, in the UK, of course, um, colleagues have policies, but they can make autonomous decisions as well, and and that's been encouraged more and more through um, the education white papers of 2010 and 2016. So it's really interesting to see the difference there as well, and and then it would make it even more difficult, I, I, I suppose, in relation to your work, to encourage people to become more reflective as well, and and that's the real that's challenge right, yes. to move beyond that standard, isn't it? Fascinating. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that. And so my last question really is, how do you feel will uh, your research and your keynotes at the conference help conference participants to think about their own practice and also leadership then um, and professional development? I, I think, can you just repeat that question again, Sonny? So, um, no problem. So how do you feel um, your research and your keynotes at the conference will help conference participants to refine their own practice and they thought okay so to answer that I, I i think this keynote will will firstly make them understand that there are different contexts in different countries and that one has to apply what is relevant for a particular country. So, for example, if, if the, uh, the participant is from uh, the UK or even from the US, they would then examine their own context and begin to consider what kind of professional development is required for school principals. So I, I would think that this research will, will, will enlighten the, the, the participants to have a, a more a kind of have an insight into how professional development should be uh, provided for whether it's going to be uh, uh, whether it's going to be uh, the the principals doing it themselves in other words organizing their own professional development or whether the educational authorities are going to be providing that but what we what we are what i argue here is that let it not be something that is a one-size-fits-all program in other words we're looking at professional development to be custom-made or tailor-made in other words if a principal has specific needs then this is going to this then they're going to be working out a program that will help uh overcome those needs now this is that's one thing the other thing is i think principals or even whoever uh, participants were they are also going to have an understanding of how teachers must be provided professional development so while i i, I talk about leadership and management in the paper I also want to emphasize, and I probably will do that in, in, when, I, when I present the paper, is that how teachers can also be given the same kind of consideration when developing continuing professional development programs for them. So I think this is what I'm hoping that the participants will, 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 will take back and, and see when, if they are school leaders, how do they 
provide professional development for teachers. And of course, if there are educational authorities, uh, um, um, someone from the educational authority who is uh, participating in this conference will, will work out how principals must be provided professional development programs. So this is basically a kind of also understanding context and understanding how one could develop professional, continuing professional development programs for teachers or for principals or also for heads of departments and uh, deputy principals or vice principals as such. Fantastic. So it seems like you're thinking of a rounded CPD package. And as you rightfully say, the importance of context is so important. Uh, leadership and CPD is so so contextually linked and it has to has to be because it needs to meet the needs of the people we are supporting and, and um, developing as well. So thank you so much for joining us this morning and for that really insightful um, outline of, of a, what's happening in South Africa, but also how we need to reflect on our own development and also our, our own current context as well in terms of professional development. I think um, there's so much we can still talk about and, and explore, but we will have to leave a little bit for the conference. Um, so thanks so much for joining me. Thank you very much. I, I really appreciate you. Enjoyed talking to you as well. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the IPTA podcast. Visit www.ipda.org.uk for our latest updates.